from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's Super Friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest-growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome in to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. My name's Dan Myler, and I am with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price for another edition of the pod. Ryan, it's uh, it's a holiday season. Christmas right around the corner. Of course, New Year's, lots of others celebrating other holidays as well. So we're in a giving spirit. Um, I don't know if all the fantasy players out there were in giving moods this week, however. Yeah, that's news to me. I'm uh, <laughs> giving spirit. Uh, I, I guess I gave my opponents a nice present this week because I, I had some some rough games. I'm sure everyone did because the scores were uh, scores were unpredictable this week. Scores are at a lo- little low for sure. Uh, we got off to a bang on Thursday night, of course, with the Chiefs and the Chargers, but things were downhill from there, Matt. Yeah, like it seems like, you know, outside of maybe the, the Packer game, which we'll get to, uh, that was probably the best game of the week. You know, we started off with a really good one, especially that second half. Uh, had some pretty terrible comments by some of the announcers, but otherwise it was a, it was, it was a great game. Uh, you know, well wishes to Donald Parham, who was definitely not, not just cold. Yes. Uh, that, holy cow. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. I was, I was I, like many who are watching. I'm sure, like jaw wide open, can't believe we were hearing what we were hearing. It was 56 degrees, you guys. <laughs> it was 56 degrees. <laughs> wow. Um, we might as well get to these games, as we said, holiday season. So happy holidays to everybody. Um, there's still some football to be played. Once again, we're playing. We're recording on Sunday night, and usually that leaves only a couple of games that we're not going to comment on. Of course, with everything that happened throughout the week, we get the extra few games uh, early in the week. So by the time you listen to this, you might have already seen those games. We apologize for not getting to them, but we record on Sunday nights. So let's kick off the Thursday night game, Chiefs and Chargers. Kansas City wins it 34-28. to Lots of fireworks in this one, guys. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 400 yards, three touchdowns, added 30 rushing yards. That's what we expect from Mahomes as dynasty players. Also, Travis Kelsey went off 10 for 191 and 2. Tyreek went off 12 for 148 and a score. So if you were playing against him, you were very, very mad, Matt. But if you, you had him on your team, so you, you started the week off on a, on a high note. 
Yeah, absolutely. Kelsey was was clearly a weak winner. Uh, if you had him in the first round of playoffs, you uh, you probably are, are advancing. I would say. Um, I wanted to take a look at, at uh, Justin Herbert and what he's done uh, for my portion of the, of this game, and I kind of think he's in that top tier. I mean, maybe this isn't a hot take at all. I think I think you know we've we've put. Mahomes on this pedestal, and he's kind of been the 101 in Superflex leagues kind of all by himself. I've personally moved Lamar Jackson ahead of him. I think you can make an argument for some other guys. But I kind of feel like Justin Herbert belongs in that range as well. He was quarterback nine in his rookie season. He's quarterback three uh, entering week 15. You know, not necessarily a stellar game from a fantasy standpoint, but, you know, good enough. Uh, and I almost feel like within this top tier of quarterbacks, we have to group them in, in, in a certain way, because I kind of I feel like Mahomes has come back, come back to the pack a little bit. I think you have the the elite rushers uh, upside guys like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and, and Josh Allen. And I think you you know if you want to you want to include Jalen Hurts, you could, but he's not clearly not in the class as these other guys uh, yet. Um, but then you have these two that are are going to give you uh, some stuff on the ground, uh, and they have some upside there. We have Mahomes as a sixty two yard game uh, earlier against Buffalo. We saw Herbert rush for ninety yards against Pittsburgh. Uh, so he he's I mean I don't know is it is it is it too hot takey to say that he and Mahomes are, are pretty equal in value at this point and I do have some trades if you're if you're well interested in I, that. I think maybe it is a little hot takey but I don't know if it's that far off or out of bounds to say that there's certainly it's certainly worth having a conversation over I would I would probably venture to say and Ryan we need your opinion on this as well that most dynasty players would still much rather have Mahomes and and probably probably by a significant enough margin that that you could, if you were moving from Mahomes down to Herbert, and I say down in quotations, of course, that you could probably get a relatively significant piece back. Yeah, I think so. We did just post our latest uh, Dynasty ADP over at DLF, of course, from, uh, from this month and from our December ADP. And according to that, uh, Justin Herbert is the quarterback five ahead of, or I'm sorry, behind the names that Matt just mentioned, Mahomes, Allen, Kyler, and Lamar. But uh, Matt, you said that that Mahomes has come back to the to the pack, which uh, he certainly has. But I really think all four of those guys have come back to the pack. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think overall it's fair to say, uh, as a looking at their entire season as a whole. Allen, Kyler, and Lamar have have been slight disappointments. Of course, all three have had some some wow games, have had those upside games that we expect from them. But uh, to put it together consistently over the uh, entire season, uh, it just it just hasn't happened. Of course, Kyler uh, missed some games with with injury, so he a little bit different case there. But um, I I would still have those four ahead and in a different tier than Herbert. Uh, but I. I I don't think it's crazy either. The thing that really gets me when it comes to Herbert is his rushing upside is great, but it feels like it teeters back and forth a little bit more than some of the other names that we <clears throat> mentioned. Even Mahomes, it feels like a, a couple times a game, he knows when to pull it down and get those yards and pick up a first down or maybe even score a touchdown. Kyler, of course, does his thing. Lamar is almost all run sometimes uh, as far as fantasy points comes. And, and J- Josh Allen's consistent that way as well. Herbert, on the other hand, it seems like it comes and goes. And he might go for those 60 yards in one game, and then you'll have a, a game where he only runs it once for six or eight yards. And, and you think, where'd, where'd that production go? We really need that for him to take that step 
uh, all the way to the top of our quarterback rankings. What were some of the trades that you mentioned there, Matt? Because I'd love to know those. I, I just before I get to the trades, but I also want to throw out one more fun stat. I just thought it n- no real relevance, I guess, to anything <laughs> dynasty, but I just thought it was fun. Mahomes is the has the ninth most single game rushing yard by a uh, by a Kansas City Chief. Uh, there are, there are eight ahead of him, which I thought was kind of funny. But Herbert is the all time uh, single game rusher for quarterback for the Chargers. Um, some trades: uh, Herbert for Trevor Lawrence, Alex Collins, and a second. That's the most recent one, about three days ago. That seems like a slam oh dunk goodness. to me for Herbert at this point, unless you are still, you know, I mean, I'm still holding out for hope for Lawrence. He's not dead, but if I can go ahead and get Herbert for that, I'm happy to do it. Uh, a Herbert for Mahomes straight up late last week in November. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, somebody somebody feels like they're pretty close. And then Herbert Foreman, uh, a 20, this is this is kind of a lot of pieces, but Herbert Foreman, 2022 20, second for uh, Russell Wilson, a twenty-three and a twenty-three first, and Quez Watkins. So basically, Russell Wilson and a first for for Herbert. If you could break it down that way, I, th- I think I want Herbert there too. Easily. So uh, I think I think he's attainable. You know, if it, like if you, I, I think what you said there about them all kind of coming back to the pack is really the most important piece of this. Is if you have one, if you have Mahomes and don't mind sliding back to a Herbert and picking up an extra piece. That, that's a move that I feel like is, is probably a Of course, win. he went off on Thursday night, 236 yards, two touchdowns, added 16 rushing yards, and the rushing touchdown to create another quarterback one performance. For the rest of the Chargers, Austin Eckler in limited snaps, 12 carries for 59 and a score, caught four, so came through for us. And then Keenan Allen, six for 78 and a touchdown. That's a, a pretty good showing for him and his return. For the Chiefs, I mentioned those stat lines of the, the big studs, guys. I want to talk a little bit about Clyde Edwards-Alaire because the uh, the consensus it feels still, Ryan, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that Edwards-Alaire has a lot of upside and he's a guy that you want on your dynasty roster. But nine carries for 32 yards, I know they were playing from behind for most of the game, but that would suggest that a pass-catching running back, as he is, would, would be involved in the passing game, and that, that wasn't the case. Just two catches for 18 yards in this ball game. In fact, uh, Williams was on the, on the field for many of those opportunities um, throughout the third and fourth quarter. So I, I guess my question is, do we really want CEH in our starting lineups going into next season? I hesitate to say yes. I, I have a hard time saying I want to build around him as part of my my running back core as my running back one for sure not even as my running back two feels to me like like he is so inconsistent that I don't even want any part of it anymore well you mentioned that word upside and we we associate that word with with CEH because he's young and he's because he was he, because he's with the Chiefs because he was a, a a first round NFL draft pick and and the 101 pick in in so many rookie drafts but that upside is something we haven't really seen now through almost two full seasons. This year he has just two running back one games. Those games were uh, in those weeks. He was the RB 10 on the week and the RB 12. So he has not finished higher than RB 10 in a single game this season. Last year he had four RB one games. Those were 11, 12, five and two. So two games in his career higher uh, than the RB 10. You look at other players that have played, uh, other running backs for the Chiefs over these two years. Darwin Tom- Thompson popped up with an RB3 game last year. Uh, Daryl Williams, when Clyde uh, Edwards-Alaire was missing time earlier this year, 
was the RB1 and the RB7. And even uh, even Derek Gore in some garbage time had a, uh, a running back 12 game just a couple weeks ago. So it, it is an, it's an upside spot, right? The Kansas City running back is an upside spot, and Daryl Williams has shown us that. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire really hasn't. So that's, I mean, that's the frustrating part. Uh, in, in that ADP I mentioned, he's down to running back 16. Uh, and honestly, looking at some of the names below him, Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Cam Akers, I, I think he's he's going to fall further than that as the uh, offseason gets started. Yeah, my point of this whole thing is if I have Clyde, I want to try to move on early in the offseason, kind of hoping for the big playoff run maybe on those nationally televised games he has one or two big games there that might recreate some of that value that he's had in the past and hopefully you can capitalize on that because i see nothing but but his value dynasty value going down in the coming weeks and months let's move on to the colts and the patriots indianapolis takes this one 27 to 17 jonathan taylor is the story here of course 29 carries 170 yards and the big touchdown run late in the game to seal it i don't know if we need to wax poetically anymore about jonathan taylor and his upside it was kind of frustrating for taylor managers to see uh to see naheem hines get that early touchdown taylor made a nice block on the play of course uh the patriots they um they attacked Carson Wentz's ability to produce fantasy points in this game. If you know what I mean, Wentz just 57 yards and a touchdown through a pick 17 rushing yards. But if you're counting on him, they didn't do it. Hunter Henry came through. He had a big game, six catches for 77 yards and two touchdowns. How about the bills and the Panthers? As we get to the Sunday games, Josh Allen, 210 yards, three touchdowns, 24 rushing yards, and guys, I got to talk about Gabriel Davis because he's been in the shadows all season long behind Emmanuel Sanders. And, you know, this time last year, we were looking at Gabriel Davis with his touchdowns every other week and saying, man, if they, if they could really add him to this offense in 2021, this offense could take off. Gabriel Davis's value in dynasty leagues could take off. And then they signed Emmanuel Sanders. Davis has had a couple flashes. But now he gets his chance with Sanders on the sideline on Sunday against the Panthers. Five catches for 85 yards, two scores, including a real nice contested catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, he's going to finish the week as a wide receiver one in most leagues, Ryan. And he's his arrow is certainly pointing up. Absolutely. I would say he's almost back to where he was at the end of last season, his rookie year, um, just just with this uh, this past game and a half really uh, of production and uh, you know the bills are are what 8 and 6 now i think and they're 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 not a lock for the playoffs at this point which is crazy they were a, a super bowl favorite um at one point earlier in the uh, in the season and you know it does kind of make you second guess some of the moves they've made like those were i mean sanders had some solid games earlier in the year but um they they wasted Gabriel Davis, it feels like, for most of this year. So uh, he's he's another player who's going to be a, a value gainer for sure. Yeah, as I mentioned, five catches for 85 yards, led the team in uh, receptions and yards and obviously touchdowns as well. I'm excited to watch him play over the last three weeks of the regular season and into the playoffs if the Bills are able to make it in there. 
Um, he's, he's a guy, as I said, the arrow is certainly pointing up. Speaking of that arrow, the Buffalo running game, we usually don't associate that, Ryan, with any arrows pointing up. But Devin Singletary, he had a little bit of juice on Sunday against that Panthers uh, front seven. 22 carries for 86 yards and a score. That, that backfield might be his. Nobody else really got a shot back there. Yeah, uh, Zach Moss is certainly in the doghouse. This is a third healthy scratch over the past Weird. month for, for Zach Moss, uh, the fourth this season. Uh, Matt Breda was was kind of a fun little experiment for a while there, but that's that seems to be over. He had just, uh, just one carry. And obviously Josh Allen is always a threat to... Uh, to run the ball, but in this game specifically, just three carries, 24 yards on those. Uh, but it was it was all Singletary. He played 93% of the uh, of the snaps, and no Buffalo running back had played that many since Week 16 of the 2019 season. So, uh, if really any any running back, if it were Singletary, if it were Moss, whoever it might be, even if it's Breda, who's going to get the huge workload that's a player we should be interested in because for so long, basically for two or three straight years, they've just rolled out a committee and, and Allen has been a threat there as well. But if they're going to lean on one running back, if it's Singletary, then we should start paying attention to that. Well, the other part of that, especially on Sunday against Carolina is once they got the the lead, they turned and handed it to Singletary. We, we don't see a lot of 25 you know games where Allen turns around 25 times and even hands it off to anybody let alone to one guy Singletary getting 22 of them so if they're going to commit to a running game at home in the weather in Buffalo that that speaks to a value surge for Singletary for sure on the other side of things Matt DJ Moore is such a talented wide receiver just six catches just 48 yards in this one against Buffalo's tough secondary on 11 targets. What are your thoughts on DJ Moore and his value moving forward? Yeah, I just I, I just want to throw out this and have a discussion about it with you guys cuz we we certainly value him highly. He's not at his low point uh, uh currently. He's not at his high point currently uh, in terms of where we valued him in an ADP throughout his career. He's currently the 26th player off the board wide receiver 12 in December ADP so still at the tail end of the wide receiver 1 position. Uh, he's the wide receiver 19 this, this season, uh, entering week 15. So not counting this week's stats. Uh, and if you go back to his historical, uh, production, uh, last season, he was wide receiver 25 in 2019. He was uh, wide receiver 16 and his rookie season, he was the wide receiver 36. Yeah. We've, uh, you know, we've been, we've been close to valuing him as a wide receiver one for, uh, or a fringe wide receiver one, I should say for, for most careers. So I wonder if we're overvaluing him a little bit. Um, he's going to be 25 entering next season, uh, which is obviously still good. Uh, he, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Um, so I don't know. It just as good as he is, like you said, like the production doesn't seem to match how we are valuing him. And he's at he's at the mid range of his value. Back in um, his low point was back last December a year ago. He was uh, 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 37th overall at that time. So he's he's up a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm honestly at a, at a loss of what to do with him. I don't really want to value him as a wide receiver one, but that seems to be where the community is at. Well, the, the touchdown predict, production has dropped, of course, and maybe that has to do with, with the quarterback play or, or maybe it has to do with the offensive coordinator and play calling. Um, I'm certainly not going to hold any stat line that he posts 
against him when Cam Newton is shot no, of course. passes yeah. to the outside to, <laughs> to guys. So uh, recently he's been all right. I mentioned the touchdown you know, production has slipped in the first few weeks, first four weeks. He scored three touchdowns, then the big drought, scored against Washington uh, a few weeks back. And since then, he's had a 100-yard gain, 10 targets in three straight. Um, you know, it's just the eye test he passes. He's he constantly open. Mm -hmm. You regularly see – there was a throw against Buffalo on Sunday where he had to reach way behind him on a slant this, this is a big play in the game. He's he's going to turn up field. He had the guy beat and have yards after the catch. And, and maybe it's seven for 77. And then we're a lot more excited and you see the big play. And it's not these little, these little hit five yard hitch routes that he's catching, which is, which seems to be all he did hitches and drags against the bills. So, you know, I'm, and I know you're talking more in a broad sense yeah. and things like that, Matt, I certainly understand that. I just think he constantly passes that eye test. He constantly makes me feel like that is an NFL receiver. And if he has a quarterback that can consistently get the, get him the football, he's going to be a big-time playmaker for a lot of years. And You know, you mentioned his contract situation. I think the Panthers are going to throw the bag at him because they have to realize how talented he is. He's going to resign. They just got to fix this quarterback situation. So if I'm a dynasty manager with him, I'm holding on until – until he gets a quarterback that can get him the football. Are you buying though? I'm buying. I, okay. I'll buy if if the right deal comes around. You know, I'm, I'm never going to overspend on anybody, or I try not to anyway. But I'm willing to go after DJ Moore if if somebody's frustrated. Which it sounds like maybe you might be, Matt. I've got a, I've got a few to throw at you. I think a couple of okay. these are slam dunks for DJ Moore. Like after I looked at the actual trades that are happening, I, I feel I feel a lot better about uh, where he's at. A single first, that's easy. That's a slam dunk, right? Yeah, you're giving yeah. it first. Any, yeah, any first, any first. Uh, Javante, uh, Williams, Alan Lazard for more and a first. I probably oh. want more on that side pretty easily. Even as, as much as side as we are about Javante, I probably want the wide receiver in the pick. I take it because it's a first, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then this last one I think is heavily not on the Moore side. Uh, it's DJ Moore and a whole bunch of picks. It's one of the, the Ryan McDowell specials where he's like, look at all these picks. And so they're all like third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, <laughs> there's only a first. There's a first in, in, in 2024, which is so far away. Uh, so Moore and a whole bunch of crappy picks in a 2024 first for Cooper Cup. I think you're taking Cup on that one. I'll take Cup on that side. But uh, was that was that you, Ryan? Did you recently get DJ Moore somewhere? <laughs> I like I like the idea. Or get caught, uh, I should say. Yeah, I mean, so weeks one through four, DJ Moore was the wide receiver four through the first month of the season. And Since, dynasty managers were talking about it. We yeah, oh yes. About it. Well, we we thought that this, this was it, right? Yeah. Uh, Carolina was playing well. Um, Darnold looked like an all world quarterback. Yeah, Dar Darnold was somehow the answer after the first three or four weeks. Uh, but since that time, uh, DJ Moore is just the wide receiver twenty six, which is. You know, that's not terrible. That's It's not those Mike Williams splits we had a few weeks ago where he was in the 80s or 90s or something. But um, as Matt said, for a, a player that we're, we're valuing as a wide receiver one, that's that's where the problem comes in. And, and Dan, you're right. They need to fix the quarterback. I mean, we said it when Cam Newton was the starter. We said it last year when Teddy was the starter. Um, and they haven't fixed it yet. So, I mean, it, it feels like the the same story that we've that we've told with Cortland Sutton and with Jerry Judy that yeah we like yeah. these guys but they need a quarterback and you know I'm I'm starting to doubt if that's going to happen soon well i 
I kind of feel like it's going to. The Carolina's struggling, obviously. They're they're looking at a top five pick now once again, and they're they're not gonna go into next season with just Sam Darnold under contract. They're gonna have a, a pivot of some kind, whether that be a draft pick or or a veteran that becomes available in free agency. They have to have somebody else uh, available. They're going to be they're going to be looking to upgrade the position as a whole, whether that be a rookie or a veteran. So I, I think there is light at the end of the tunnel in the DJ Moore sweepstakes or the DJ Moore value barometer, where whatever you may want to call it. He's he. We just got to bide our time and continue to do that until he gets that opportunity. Well, they have. Uh, sorry, one more thing. You know they they have been aggressive. At least they've been yes. rumored to be aggressive uh, on Deshaun Watson. We assume they would be aggressive uh, on Aaron Rodgers if he becomes available this offseason. Basically, any big name that they think can be an upgrade. And dynasty managers, based on our ADP, based on these these trades that we see in the trade finder, we already love DJ Moore. So once he gets that quarterback, uh, it, it, certainly if it's a guy like Rodgers or Watson, the value is, is really going to go crazy. We need to keep preaching patience. I just hope he's not 28 by the time that happens. That's all. Yeah, I hope not either, but but the track record here over the last couple of years for the Panthers, and we don't have to spend a whole lot more time on this, is that they've continued to be aggressive, right? Like Ryan said, yeah. they've been aggressive on guys that they haven't gotten. They were in the Jared, or the uh, Matthew Stafford sweepstakes. They were making offers there. Uh, they, they, they tried multiple times to get a big upgrade last season and kind of settled for Sam Darnold. Didn't want to do the rookie thing. So we'll see what they do now. They're... Like I said, they're going to do something. We just, please, be patient. And if you're not going to be patient, you're going to sell low. Sell him to me. Uh, the <laughs> Dolphins, they beat the Jets 31-24. to And Duke Johnson, yes, that Duke Johnson, resurfaced on everybody's bench. Maybe on some waiver wires out there. Probably on some mm-hmm. waiver wires out Definitely. there. 22 carries for 107 yards and two touchdowns for for a guy that many probably thought Ryan were, was out of the league. Yeah, it's his uh, third best game ever based on fantasy points oh uh, and his best game since uh, since the middle of 2018. So uh, for, for whatever reason, and uh, maybe for some of the reasons we saw in this game, uh, this guy has always been a, a favorite uh, of the fantasy community, seems to be a player that uh, so many root I for. I saw a couple and, victory laps. Uh, sure, sure. I mean, Twitter. three three or four year old victory laps. Go for yeah. it. Um, but a, a player that seemingly collectively we we've always been rooting for. You know, he just needs a shot. He shared the backfield with with multiple players uh, over his career, and uh, this this was the time he he finally got got a real chance to to uh, be the workhorse back. Well, I, I thought it was interesting. Sorry, Matt. I thought it was interesting. He's he's been known as a pass catcher, a pass catching back over his career. He just gets one target. He he had a twenty yard catch. Uh, so it as good as his game was in this one, it, it feels like it could have been bigger. Actually, yeah, yeah they used him wrong. Yeah, yeah, like he was a pass catching back. I mean, he was the he was the Kareem Hunt before there was a Kareem Hunt and and. Uh, in Cleveland, right? So 
so he has upside. I mean, presumably he has upside. Now we do have to remember this was the Jets, and maybe he can't run 22 times between the tackles against another team. Uh, but, you know, there, there's, some, there's something there if, if Gaskins is going to continue to uh, not be available. Yeah, or, coming up, things get a little more difficult, too. They go to the Saints, then to Tennessee, and then finish up with the Patriots. So I don't know if we're we're expecting big rushing performances from Duke Johnson coming up. I have him on three on three rosters, and I don't think I'm going to start him at any on any of them again next week. Probably. No, no, and and this is not this is not a coming out party. You know, this is going to be yeah. this is going to be a fluke, uh, big picture when we look back on this game, which is fine. I mean, he's a talented back, but he's towards the end of his career. Um, and I, I don't want to make too many assumptions because Miles Gaskin is coming off the COVID list and uh, basically didn't practice at all all and week. Appeared limited, right? Uh, yeah, uh, cert- certainly limited. Uh, it, I just I'm I'm still having a hard time looking at Miles Gaskin as a long term option for for this team, and uh, I get the feeling they're probably looking at at him the same way that once they can they can find a better option, whether it's a free agent or a rookie, uh, that he's, he's not long for that starter job. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like we're going to go into the draft and Miami's going to once again, be one of the teams that we're excited for them taking a, a running back. But do they care about running back? It seems to me they've pro- proven that they don't. I guess there were the rumors that maybe they were going to take Javante if, uh, if Denver didn't ju- jump in front of right. them. But other than that, it just seems like the way they've operated with this coaching staff uh, that they don't really value it. And maybe that's just because they're smart and are waiting until they, it's the final piece. They uh, add. I hope that's, that's it. what I was going to say. That's I it. think that's, that's Flores for you. He's a chip off the old block, right? He's going to, he's going to play the game just like Bill, coach Belichick does in new England. And you know, on, on that note, I'm so glad that the dolphins kind of pulled themselves out of the gutter here six or seven weeks ago, whatever it was, it's been, they've won six or seven games in a row. Because Flores is a good coach, and that's yes. good for the players that we're excited about there. And there are players to be excited about, about especially Jalen Waddle. And and I I was, and I know Ryan, you played him in a couple spots this week against the Jets. I've I've been I've been slowly coming around again on Tua Tungavaloa, uh, 196 yards and two touchdowns on Sunday against the Jets. Not exactly the blow-up performance maybe we wanted, but they eased things back in the second half a little bit, made things a little bit easier on them, and, and then kept just turning around and giving it to Duke Johnson because they knew they could. Yeah, I think it shows, and, and I saw many people suggest this uh, throughout the day on, uh, on on social media. We learned uh, in this game how important Jalen Waddell is to this offense. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I expected a big game from Devontae Parker. He got the eight targets, just four for 68, did score a touchdown. Expecting a game from Devontae Parker is a fool's errand, though, at this point, it seems. Uh, surprise of the week. Holy cow. I, I doubt anybody bet on this one. The Lions beat the Cardinals 30-12. to 12. Uh, Man, the Cardinals couldn't get anything going in this one. But the Lions looked like a real NFL team. Jared Goff? He throws for 216 yards, throws three touchdown passes, and what the heck? Craig Reynolds, he he looked dynamic. He got the edge a couple of times, 26 carries, 112 yards on the ground. I wish he would have got into the end zone, honestly, because he, he played really, really well. He's going to be around next year. I can't believe I'm saying that, but he came out of nowhere. So, you know, I don't know if we need to talk a lot about 
what the Lions did for dynasty value. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about Amon Ross St. Brown, eight for 90 in a touchdown, or Josh Reynolds, six for 68 in a score. It really seems to me, Matt, that we should probably focus on Arizona. Without, without DeAndre Hopkins, sure, Christian Kirk has a big game, nine for 94 in a score, but they, could, they couldn't do anything on offense. No, they they really couldn't. Uh, Detroit play they they were real gritty today. Let's just say that they were they were coming after the quarterback. Yada yada. Um, I I did want to talk about uh, about Christian Kirk's value though uh, coming up because he's he's kind of an interesting uh, uh, player coming up, especially uh, uh, once once we get to next season because he's going to be unrestricted free agent next season. I started off looking at him based on you know what does he what does his value look like after um, DeAndre Hopkins maybe moves on, um, but you know maybe he's not back with Arizona next year. So he's on pace for career highs in receptions, yards, yards per target, and touchdowns. Like I said, he'll be a UFA after next season. He's twenty six. Uh, he'll be 26 entering next season. He's the wide receiver 27 currently in PPR scoring. Uh, and, and December ADP was the wide receiver 46. Three days ago, he went for a single 2022 second round pick, which seems seems low to me. But that's why I kind of wanted to throw it out. Paying a first, though. That's why I kind of wanted to throw it out to you guys. Is is he a target? And and would you pay a first, or, w- or what is the most you think you could pay? Would you pay more than a second? Do you think that's fair? I don't think that's getting it done now, personally, but. There's no way I would pay a first. No um, first for Kirk. Even, okay. it, it, it's just not a player I trust. And I know you were talking about his free agent status. Um, it, it's it's tough to know what, what language to use at this point of the year. But just to be clear, he's a he's a free agent after this season. Right. Um, so he, he's in uh, in his final weeks potentially right. with the team. And this is, this is, of course, is a team, one of those teams we want uh, pieces of. So if he does move on, if he gets some kind of payday and he ends up, uh, you know, with, with one of 25 other teams that, that, uh, are, are worse off offensively than the Cardinals, then obviously I, I think that's a, a clear downgrade. Um, just, just too inconsistent for me. Well, when we, when we think about this upcoming receiver group that that are going to be hit free agency there are a couple big names and we'll kind of avoid them he reminds me a little bit of you know and, and is on the same career trajectory maybe of Michael Gallup who we talked about last week both still considered relatively young have had more talented receivers on the roster and played in the shadows for a few years now but maybe he should be seen as a poor man's version I think we all talked about being all right, probably giving up a second round pick for Gallup uh, a week ago. If if you're looking for a guy with a little bit of upside down the road, maybe Christian Kirk is the guy that that if you can't get Gallup, you can pivot that way. And if he lands in a good spot, I don't know how you're going to get much better than Arizona in that offense that likes to throw it all over the place. But there there could be he could take a step forward in dynasty value if he lands in the right spot. With that said, though, it, it, it feels like he could take a big step back if he ends up with a poor quarterback. Uh, if he ends up with a Sam Darnold or Cam Newton, like going back to the DJ Moore conversation, he, he could be sent to purgatory because he's not talented enough to overcome poor quarterback play, it appears at this point. Ryan, you, you had a note here about Rondale Moore. He was pretty much a ghost in this game. Three catches for nine yards. Some anticipated a bigger role for him um, with with um, DeAndre Hopkins sidelined, of course. 
So what what are we taking from Rondale Moore's performance? He probably sh- should have gotten more opportunities than he did just four touches of the football. Yeah, it's a little disappointing, and it's kind of been the same thing all season. He had that one blow-up game in, in uh, week two or three. Um, that was actually the only game all season that he's been inside the top 20 fantasy wide receivers uh, on any given week. So uh, I would say a disappointing year for, for Rondell Moore, as we already talked about, Christian Kirk is a free agent uh, as is AJ green. So you, you potentially see some opportunity there if, uh, if Kirk moves on, or especially if both of those players move on, I, I think I'm going to be buying uh, Rondell Moore this offseason, not definitely not ready to give up on him, but uh, ultimately pretty disappointed with his his rookie season. It was kind of frustrating because there were opportunities down the field for guys like Antoine Wesley, uh, yeah. almost caught a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. We even saw an Andy Isabella sighting in this game. He, he got on the field for a few snaps, and, and all I could think on those opportunities was, Where's Rondell Moore on that? Where's, you know, especially the Wesley target. That was a wheel route. One of those, one of those Rondell Moore type opportunities that, that sure he's not as big and and things like that, but man, he's a slick player. He can catch everything thrown his way. And I thought he should have got that chance. Just get the ball in his hands. Like I just don't feel like it shouldn't be that hard. And then you would see what he can do. It just, he's just a little guy and they might be worried about use him as a running back more. I mean, give him some, give him some touches out of the backfield, do something. Yeah, he got he got one carry in this one, three catches for nine. It wasn't enough for dynasty managers, that's for sure. Speaking about speaking of not enough, uh, the Texans and the Jaguars. There's not enough talent on those rosters. Texans win this one, thirty to sixteen. Brandon Cooks was probably the highlight of the game. Seven catches, one hundred and two yards, and two touchdowns. I had to stick him in a couple lineups, so I'm thrilled about that. This game also featured the second-best rookie quarterback in this class, and that's probably Davis Mills. 209 yards, two touchdowns, threw a pick, but Trevor Lawrence, once again, disappointing. 210, no touchdowns, no picks. It's, uh, I don't know, should we talk about Urban Meyer getting fired? I guess we can talk about that, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it, we all kind of saw it coming. We we were basically begging for it just last week, and and really every every fantasy player, every football fan has been uh, counting down until that happened. So uh, I'm I'm glad they didn't wait until the end of the regular season to to pull that trigger and, and to start moving on. Uh, I said last week, as soon as that happens, we'll see the value of guys like Trevor Lawrence and and James Robinson start to go up. I, I think we can probably already see that from the trade finder and just from conversations that are going on, uh, on, on Twitter or on the DLF forum, et cetera. Um, this game didn't didn't necessarily show that uh, even against Houston a little bit disappointing there too but um yeah the the, the Davis Mills uh, line there come on come on Dan he's been <laughs> the second best rookie quarterback dude <laughs> by any metric he has been it's, it's I, not, I do think but that's uh, not saying anything about Mills that's saying everything about the other quarterback. Sure. Sure. And I, I do think though, I mean, you look at the situation they're in, they, they, the Texans win this game, they drop down the draft order. They're, they're not going to have the first pick at this point. They'll still have um, likely the third pick, at, at least a top five pick. 
I don't, they're not, they're not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback unless something really changes between now and then. So uh, unless they pull off a trade where they are getting a quarterback in exchange for Deshaun Watson, I think Davis Mills has a good chance to be the starter next year uh, based on what we've seen over the past few weeks. Yeah, he, he just good enough to hold on to a job or, or be young enough and all that combination that maybe they think he deserves a shot and just get a veteran to, to back him up. Could be a wasted season. James Robinson, has he, he got more opportunities, 18 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown also caught three passes in this one. The Cowboys beat up on the Giants, 21-6. to Zeke found pay dirt. He scored, caught three. Uh, at about 72 yards from scrimmage, Dalton Schultz just kept catching the football. Eight catches for 67 and a score. Dak was was relatively disappointing. CeeDee Lamb dropped a couple passes. Ryan, what's up with this Cowboys offense? It seems like Dak just can never get going early in games, and it just bleeds into the second half. I don't know. Zeke is uh, Zeke Elliott has taken a lot of heat over the past few weeks, and and most of that probably deserved based on uh, based on his play. Uh, but Dak Prescott hasn't been right either. Um, going to certainly going to finish outside of the QB one range uh, this week, even with with several games to come. Uh, could be could drop as low as quarterback twenty, and that's where he's been. Uh, if you look at the the past four weeks heading into this week, quarterback 29, quarter, he, he did have a quarterback three game against the Raiders, uh, but then quarterback 23, quarterback 26, and we'll see where it, where he lands this week. Uh, he, he and, and really the, the Cowboys offense has, as a whole, has been disappointing. So uh, I'm, I'm not putting all of that on, uh, on Elliott. Yeah, it can't be. And and Zeke, he looked sluggish on a couple of plays, but but he that touchdown run, he had a little bit of burst on that play. He carried the whole defensive line for a first down on a play in the middle of the game as well. He's only going to see 12 to 16 carries in a game. And you just got to hope he falls into the end zone at this point and comes back healthy in 2022 because he's clearly not that at this point. Dak, I'm not quite sure what his his reason is I'm, I'm going to blame Mike McCarthy. It's his fault uh, for the giants. Saquon Barkley had a ridiculous catch. If you haven't seen it, you need to YouTube it. That was fun to watch. 15 carries for 50 yards. Doesn't sound that exciting. Four for 24 through the air is kind of ho-hum as well, Matt, but another guy that passes the eye test. He's getting healthy as we've said in weeks past. He, he is, and, you know, just some, some background here again. He's 25. He'll be 25 and going into next season. He'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. He's the running back seven in December ADP, 15.5 overall. He's only a la- averaging 11.7 PPR points per game this season. That's that's not enough <laughs> for how we are valuing him. Uh, he is, however, still very valuable on the trade finder. He's, in recent uh, weeks, he's gone for Christian McCaffrey straight up. I don't know why. He's gone for Devontae Adams straight up, I guess, if you're rebuilding, I guess. But I'm probably not doing that one either. He's gone from a Chlorin and a first-round pick. So he's, he can still pull uh, some value if you're looking to get out of him. I worry, and you know, this might be completely crazy. I don't know. But I wonder, is he? are we seeing David Johnson repeat himself with Saquon Barkley? You know, a standout Ooh. rookie season, a, obviously a very good second season, 
and then nothing since then. And it was kind of uh, kind of similar for David Johnson. I think his big season was was his in his sixth, second season, but we saw the the spark, the flash, so to speak, in his rookie season. So don't put uh, that out in the atmosphere. I just Matt. That's if true. I feel it, man, and if I can still get Devonte Adams or a first round pick and a receiver like McLaurin for him. Unless I am really just like I'm, I know I'm competing in 2022. Like that, like I know I'm going to be one of the top teams, and I'm going to take a gamble on Barkley hitting that upside. I, I feel like I I will get out for for these current prices. Well, if I'm competing, I'm taking Adams anyway. Well, so. of course. <laughs> and, and but but maybe not next season. Yeah, maybe not. We'll see. If, how if that there's plays no Rodgers, if you know, you know, there's there's sure. there's reasons you could want to go Barkley there, but but still. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like I want Barkley on my teams, and Ryan, yeah. you can chime in as well. It, it, but it feels like his his value kind of tumbles back and forth, up and down just a little bit. And right now, people are frustrated with Saquon Barkley, and I feel it has to do with his surroundings at this point, not his skill level. Uh, sure, sure. I, I, I definitely think that's the case. But uh, and I think I think we've basically said this on previous episodes the quarterback is the issue the coaching staff is the issue the offensive line is the issue the health is the issue the the health is the issue and and they're not going to fix all of those things by next season and then he's going to be 26 and then that's when we start moving on from from these running backs so if i can move on now for mccaffrey or uh or adams or a young receiver and a first then i think that's an easy call uh, so, so for me, it's not that I, I don't like Barkley or don't want him on my team, but when I look at what I can get, or when I look at the other options in that uh, ADP range, there's just no way I would draft him in in the first round or second round. Yeah, no maybe way. it's I'm probably more interested in trading for him than I am drafting him. Yeah, because as you mentioned, there's way better names at that point. Your opportunity to acquire him comes in trade. But you have to find a manager that's sick of the runaround and the ups and downs and all those kind of things and get get good value. Yeah, I think your best case is probably a, a future first for him. I was going to say, is he's, he's he's not still even a two plus first guy, like a two first. Oh, guy. Like, there's no. You way. might be able to squeeze a first and a second yeah. for for Barkley. Right. That's probably the upside if you're just looking for draft picks. Um, the Steelers. This game was gross. The Steelers so beat the Titans nineteen to thirteen. There was a hundred and Steelers had 168 total yards of offense. The only touchdown they scored their <laughs> offense was a quarterback sneak from Ben. And it took two chances from <laughs> six inches away. Chase Claypool didn't have a catch. Najee Harris had 12 carries for 18 yards and only caught two passes. I, I don't know what we can say. Ryan paint a picture for the Steelers. Is there, is there anything good happening in Pittsburgh right now for dynasty? For for dynasty, well, uh, I mean Deontay Johnson, uh, Pat Fryermuth, those are both both. I yeah, would Fryermuth injury was scary, right? Uh, and that's that is his second concussion in I believe the past month. So uh, yeah. that's that's not good. Uh, Deontay Johnson had a quiet game, but of course, still certainly uh, a, a star for the dynasty uh, from from a dynasty standpoint. Um, Claypool, not so much. You know, we talked about him last week with the. Uh, the, the issues he had signaling for the first down with time running out and, uh, sticking his finger in, in the opponent's face. It now basically the, the rest of that guy, that game or parts of that game to, uh, 
last week he was benched. He was benched seemingly for part of this game. His playing time is is dwindling. He's certainly in the doghouse. And I'm starting to see suggestions that he could be uh, he could be shipped out of Pittsburgh this offseason. So that that would not surprise me. We know this team is going to go through uh, a lot of changes this offseason. They'll they'll be looking for a new quarterback. Uh, we are we're almost certain that that Juju Smith Schuster has played his his final down with this team. We we thought that last year, but uh, we're, we'll try it again this this offseason. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if if Claypool's on a new roster next season either. Well, that that passing game in general for the Steelers, it's just they can't get a running game going. Their offensive line has problem areas for sure. And when when you're only running 45 snaps, offensive plays a game, you can't depend on those wide receivers outside of maybe Deontay Johnson. We saw Johnson play nearly every snap and, and run almost every route. Ray Ray McLeod ran more routes than Chase Claypool in this game. And, and that speaks to what you're talking about there, Ryan, they they're sick of the headache really it feels like to me and despite his talent level they're we're just not going to p- put up with it for much longer and it's it's weird to say this on a team that has Deontay Johnson and and Claypool and Fryermuth and, and Harris because they have these these big names that we generally place a lot of value on in dynasty but when you look at their box score they had two tight ends that played they had four wide receivers that played and they had one running back Najee Harris played every snap and they were all disappointments and they were, they were all disappointments. And, and, you know, we only saw the two tight ends. I shouldn't say only, but uh, Zach Gentry only, only saw increased work because Friar Muth was out. So this is, is just a very thin offense right now when it comes to talent. Hmm. It's sad really to see happen, but there's going to be some big changes in Pittsburgh in the coming months. I do think it's, it's becoming pretty obvious and and I like Najee Harris. I think he's talented. I think he's a, he's an RB one in dynasty, but I think we got a little ahead of ourselves ranking him as a top two or three running back, uh, which has shown up in, in both rankings and ADP. Yeah. And production really over the last, last handful of weeks for sure. For the Titans, Deontay Foreman was the highlight here. 22 carries, 108 <laughs> What, what yards, a sad statement. <laughs> and no touchdowns. That is, you're right about that. He also caught two for 27. He's just kind of took in that, take that job, and, and he's been useful, but it's going to disappear here shortly. Um, the Bengals beat the Broncos 15-10. to 10. Joe Burrow threw a touchdown to Tyler Boyd, who had 96 yards and five catches. Joe Mixon got hurt. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. It was pretty ugly. Ryan, do we have anything on the Bridgewater and Mixon injuries? Zach, um, what is, what is that guy's name? Zach Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> Thank you. Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach. Forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately didn't have an update on, on Mixon after the game. Hopefully that it didn't is, look good though. It did not look good. Ankle yeah. injury. Um, it, it's, it's going to be a wait and see, but uh, yeah, you're right. It didn't look good. The Teddy injury certainly did not look good Ugh. either. Uh, they did say, uh, you know, he, he had movement and, and those things. So hopefully uh, good news there. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan's probably on a roster in your playoffs in most dynasty leagues. If he's not, he's going to be a priority ad this week. 
Um, and then maybe in super flex leagues, we'll see what drew lock. He'll be six for 12 for 88 yards and a touchdown more willing to throw the ball down the field to his big receivers. So maybe the switch to drew lock, if that's what indeed happens, maybe that unlocks something for Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton or, or Jerry Judy, who did not have a catch in this. Yeah. Bengals get, uh, Bengals get the Ravens next week. So you probably don't want to rely on uh, Samaj AP Ryan in your, in your playoffs on that one. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Uh, somebody we can rely on in the playoffs is Debo Samuel. The 49ers beat the Falcons 31 to 13. Samuel had 60 yards receiving on four catches and carried the ball six times for 29 yards and a rushing touchdown in his fifth straight game. Debo is, is making plays from all over the field. Jeff Wilson also got in into the action. 21 carries. 110 yards and a score. George Kittle was great. Maybe not Kittle-esque from the last couple weeks, but six for 93 helps dynasty players. I don't know if there's a lot to cover here, guys. Cordero Patterson got a touchdown taken away from him. That was bull. I should have had those six (laughs) points. He was in. I can't believe they reviewed that and took it away from him. The Packers, in the last game we got to cover here, they beat the Ravens 31-30 to in a game that should not have been that close. At least from my perspective, Rodgers, 268 and three touchdowns. Aaron Jones got in the end zone uh, through the air. Devontae Adams scored. MVS, Ryan McDowell, you called that uh, in a conversation we had earlier this week. Five catches, 98 yards, and a score for him as well. A.J. Dillon scored. If you had him for the Packers, you're happy with how they produced. For the Ravens, Tyler Huntley. Man, he's going to be a high-end quarterback one. Maybe the quarterback one, I haven't looked. 215 passing yards, two touchdowns to Mark Andrews, who had a 10 for 136, and then 13 carries for 73 yards and two touchdowns because the Packers don't know how to contain the outside on a pass rush. Matt, Mark Andrews, he's he, he's been – they unlocked him this year, and, and he's he, he looks like the tight end we all wanted him to become, especially over the last couple months. Yeah, he's the tight end two on the season. has has just four yards less receiving than Kelsey, both over a thousand yards. Uh, wow. Last two, the last two weeks, uh, he's been the tight end two as well, and he probably would have been the tight end one in most weeks. But we had the explosion from Kittle uh, to today, or excuse me, Kelsey to uh, uh, on Thursday, and we saw Kittle do it two weeks prior to that. So uh, he's on a tear. I just, I mean, he, I feel like he be- he belongs in that top tier. I feel like we we definitely set him aside between Kelsey Kittle. And, you know, if you're me, Kyle Pitts. Uh, but I think he belongs up there in the same conversation with all those guys. And, you know, maybe even if you want to talk about it from an age standpoint, maybe above Kelsey at this point. Yeah, I think he's got to be above Kelsey. I, th- yeah. I think it's a, a three-man conversation, Andrews, Kittle, and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. What What is the – what's the savvy pivot then in the offseason if you have Kelsey? Are you trying to, to still maneuver to try to get something on top, moving down to Andrews, or – has, has that ship sailed? I don't know if you can. I mean, if you could do it straight up, I would probably do it. I, d- I made that sure. move with Pitts, you know, earlier this season. Say what you will about that. But, um, you know, it, it was possible then, maybe not as possible now. If he does finish as the tight end one overall, then, you know, I'm sure I'm sure somebody will, will want to take him. But Yeah, Andrews is just 26 years old. Has big, big games in his past, too. This isn't like a huge surprise, yeah. of course. We were looking for him to become a little bit more consistent. 
Well, uh, double-digit targets in in four out of the last five, double-digit receptions in the last two games, going over 100 yards and scoring three times uh, in all in the last two games. He's four touchdowns in the last three games. He's he's just he's really good. He leads the position in receptions and receiving touchdowns, and is uh, he's, he has 1,062 yards behind Kelsey's 1,066. He's a mismatch, and it feels to me. Like the Ravens were were like, oh, we got to get the ball to Hollywood Brown. We got to do that for the first half of the season. And then they decided, what are we doing? We have this huge mismatch in the middle of the field. Why are we forcing the ball to this little guy? We got a guy that can jump over everybody and make big plays for us. And and that's what they've done. They peppered him with targets, and he looks like he looks like one of the best tight ends well, in and football. He's, and he's done it the last two weeks with with Tyler Huntley. So I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't, and and he, those have been his two two of his best games this season. So mm-hmm. hopefully Lamar is is watching and learning from that. Well, Ty- Huntley, to oh, be come fair, on. come on, Matt. <laughs> Huntley's a better thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson. He way more accurate. At, you know, he he's just not as well. That's why he should be throwing it to to, to Andrews more, the big target. He doesn't need to be. You think there. so? Well, he does. He throws know, it to Andrews all the time. I know he does. But you know, that's probably a conversation for another day. <laughs> uh, as we said in the beginning. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. We appreciate every one of you that tune in every single week. We'll be here throughout the uh, end of the regular season and into the postseason. And then when Dynasty really fires up throughout the offseason, because right here at DLF, there is no offseason. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.